I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Well, he put on my heart about the shakings and the unshakable bride of Christ, that even though we're going through all of this chaos and turmoil and tribulation, we're not to be moved by it. We're to be of good cheer because the greater one is in us, God, the Holy Ghost, and he has overcome the world. But the the opening scripture that I have is coming from Isaiah chapter 60. And when I was thinking about this today and over the last few days, I was thinking this Isaiah 60, one through four uh, chapter of verses, I can remember eight years ago sounding a trumpet and warning the body of Christ that we were living right smack in the middle of Isaiah 60, one through four. That darkness, gross darkness is going to cover the earth But at the same time, the glory of God is going to gain momentum and is going to rise up on the inside of the body of Christ. So we have been living in this season of Isaiah 61 through 4, I think, for about seven years, seven, eight years. But we're now just really entering into the worst possible part of Isaiah 60, that the darkness, the gross darkness is covering the earth. 2020 has been a year like no other. Many of us corporately, all of us in our nation, some of us in our personal lives had a tremendous amount of upheaval and shaking. And I just, I'm just hearing as I'm saying this, I just keep hearing the Lord saying on the inside of me, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There is nothing that has taken God by surprise. He knew that 2020 was going to be like this. He knew that some of the circumstances that many of you are facing, he knew that that was going to happen, but he wants you to be of good cheer. He has overcome the world and he is for you. He is not against you. He is in you. He is in you to empower you. He is in you to strengthen you. He is there to anoint you with fresh oil. So I believe this is a season where I think personally, it's a season of advancement. And it may not look like it's a season of advancement. It may look like we've taken a step back, but God doesn't look at things the way you and I look at things. He sees through the light of eternity and he knows the beginning and the end. As a matter of fact, he knows our future personally and individually and the future of America better than than we know our past. So I don't think this is a time for us to shrink back I personally, and this is strange that I'm saying this, this is a time for us to rejoice. This is a time for us to be glad because there is an old saying that I used to hear my former pastor say, God does have everything under control when the people of God are praying and standing in the gap. And basically, Michael, you know, that's what we've been doing. You know, we have been praying. We've been believing God. We have not drawn back. We've had the return that we we watched here in my home with some friends. We had the app, the one event that took place recently. And we've had individual prayer meetings. We've had corporate prayer meetings. We've had Zoom prayer meetings. I mean, we've been praying. And God says, I have heard from heaven. And I promise you, I'm healing your land. I am in the process of doing great and mighty things. You know, the Bible says, call upon me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things. And what I've seen in the last week or so is some Christians have been like, well, you know, we didn't pray enough or we didn't do enough. And did God really hear us? And their faith is being shaken. And you know what? Our faith should not be shaken. We should be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We should be mature. We should know who we are in Christ and know that our God reigns. He's high and lifted up. He's still on the throne. And we are co-laborers together with God. And when we pray, prayer opens up the door for God to work. I think I would like to say, and maybe you could comment on this, what would happen if we weren't praying? 
<laughs> what would happen if we weren't praying? Yeah. So I'm confident of this very thing. Michael, he that has begun a good work in us individually and as a church and the United States of America, he that has begun a good work is going to bring it to completion. So yes, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. And I'm going to read from Hebrews 12. I believe you just quoted it. The words once more indicate the removal of what can be shaken. That is created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And what I love about this scripture is, yes, we know we're being shaken. That's stating the obvious. But we serve a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And that's why we need to be confident. We need to be strong in the Lord. We need to be the confident bride that, yes, what God has begun, he's going to continue to bring it to completion. I know beyond any shadow of a doubt, many of you that are watching, and we've prophesied this, we've said this for 40 years, even concerning the East Coast and other parts of the world, that we are entering, we believe, and Kenneth E. Hagin even prophesied, that we are coming into, and I believe we stepped into it with this shaking, another major move of God. And one thing that Je uh, Jeremiah Johnson said at the conference I just came from, he says, one of the things that this shaking is producing is it's going to produce, and it's in the process of producing, a harvest of, a, of souls coming into the kingdom of God. We're living in a time and we're living in a season where people are looking at the church and they are looking at us for answers because they're desperate. But doesn't the Bible say, blessed are those that hunger and thirst and the desperate ones, they shall see God? So I, I think as a church, as a body, we, we know that we're serving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and we should have a lot of confidence in that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, it's interesting. There are principles that we learned way back. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think we go forward into new things, and we forget what we learned. Mm -hmm. Because we get so excited about the new, we forget about the old. You never throw the old away mm -hmm. just because you accepted something new. Mm -hmm. How often were we taught, don't look at the circumstances? Mm -hmm. How about, here's an expression I know you'll remember. Don't pray the problem. Pray, pray the, the answer. You know, pray the answer. Pray the promise. We We learned these things way back when, but somehow it seems like in our much learning, we've forgotten. You know, mm -hmm. Jimmy Dean, the, the country singer who made Jimmy Dean sausage, mm -hmm. he used to say, dance with the one that brung you. Mm -hmm. And somehow we've forgotten the one that brung us. Mm -hmm. And the principles of not looking at the circumstances Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the mm -hmm. author and the finisher of our faith. Keeping mm -hmm. our eyes on the word. Knowing that the facts are not the truth. Mm -hmm. Thy word is truth and forever settled in heaven. I mean, these were building blocks mm -hmm. of our Christian faith. And mm -hmm. now we're into this whole thing mm -hmm. of decreeing and declaring and mm -hmm. all these things that we've moved into. Mm -hmm. And we've forgotten these principles and we don't practice mm -hmm. them anymore. Mm -hmm. We're so busy decreeing and declaring instead of fighting with these things that brought us to where we are. Mm -hmm. Why? Right. Well, the Bible says we ought to give them more earnest heed to the things that we have learned, lest at any time we let them slip. And I, what I, I believe that the shaking is producing is it's producing a, a wake up call to the baby boomers. And I believe you're a baby boomer. You know, that, that, you know, we've got to get back to our first love, uh, back to the, the knowledge of the scriptures that we have. We've got to train. And you've heard me say this and you've said it. We've got to teach our children and train and equip this next generation because they're living in a time such as this where all this chaos is going on. 
you know, my kids saw the Twin Towers come down. They've seen COVID. They've seen so many things, the shootings in the schools. And it's up to the baby boomers to begin to arise, shine, and take their place. And so one of the things the Lord had said to me, I'm glad you brought it up, is the shaking is waking up the baby boomers, waking us up to arise, take our place as watchmen on the wall, both in prayer and in discipling the next generation. I mean, you know, I hear people like my age and a little older say, well, they just want to retire. Well, how do you retire when you're a member of the body of Christ, whether you're in ministry or not in ministry? This isn't a time for us, especially right now, to retire. No. This is a time and this is a season for us to refire. We've got to refire because this generation needs the foundational scriptures that you and I were trained through Kenneth E. Hagan. He taught faith. He taught the authority of the believer. He taught us who we were in Christ. And now I believe that mantle and that call is upon us to go ahead and be the trumpet and the mouthpieces to teach this next generation. Okay. Now, what is a baby boomer? Okay. Well, what is a baby boomer? Well, I'll tell you. The Census Bureau defines baby boomers as individuals born in the United States between 1946 and mid-1964. I believe that before God ever formed us in our mother's womb, he ordained us to live in this time. I believe he trained us, he equipped us, and I believe this is the season for some of us as baby boomers for our greatest testimony, our greatest harvest, and our greatest time of ministry. And when we say ministry, it doesn't have to be ministry like pulpit, but it's ministry one-on-one -on -one to people. You know, who you meet every day. It's like Heidi Baker says, love the one that's in front of you. You know, and I believe that, that, that the body of Christ, that we are arising and there is a rise on the inside of us. And what I think we need in, in our generation is we need boldness, you know, boldness to speak the things that God's telling us to speak, boldness to train and equip this next generation, boldness to say to them, you know, no, you know, you're, you're talking like an entitled person. No, you need to be humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. It's interesting because I've seen some of this younger generation, they want to be in public ministry and they want to do all these things and they don't want to take the steps to get there. But no, it's a time for us to train and equip this next generation. One thing that really concerns me is that, yes, our kids are suffering, but there, there was a major, major ministry who was a mouthpiece or a, or a leader um, that the uh, millennials looked up to that suddenly had a humongous um, fall. And now here we go again. Now our young people are going, now what? So their faith is being shaken. But you and I, and those of you that are listening that are baby boomers, you know, we're the pillars. You know, we're the rocks, or we should be, that that these kids are going to look to. And I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know how to explain it. I got something on the inside of me that says this is your mandate. This is your call. And you've got to take your place. Listen, baby boomers, it's not a time for, like I said, for us to retire. It's time for us to refire and not be afraid of their faces, not be afraid of how they're going to react. My son said something to me. A while ago, he said, Mommy, and I know some of you have heard this. They said, Mommy, the thing I really like about your ministry is you give us a lot of scripture. You know, our kids are actually, some of them, really bored in church. They want the Holy Ghost. They want the move of the Spirit. They want to speak in tongues and know why to speak in tongues. They want to see miracles. Michael, come on. We went to Ramah. I had every major ministry come and teach us every single month at school. We saw the move of the Holy Ghost. We saw the power of God fall. We prayer meetings in houses where we would enter into the spirit of grace and supplication. And we would operate in the spirit of seeing and knowing. And we would pray for nations. And, and we knew things. I used to be in prayer meetings with Billy Braham. I mean, come on. Our kids need to learn the word of God. They need to learn how to pray. And we are the ones. Now is the time. We are the people, and this generation are, is the generation we need to reach. And I, I, I think it's strategic that God placed us 
here for such a time as this? You you know, uh, before Dad Hagen went home to be with the Lord, one of his great concerns that was in his heart and why he really altered his ministry you remember that right before he went home for the last several years, he began holding Holy Ghost meetings. Right. And he said that there's a generation right. that will not know the move of the Spirit of God right. if we don't teach them and pass this on to the next generation. Mm -hmm. And I believe that there was a dynamic that occurred on the day of Pentecost that's still occurring today. And it's the reason that you and I and many like us have been mandated in this hour. Mm -hmm. On the day of Pentecost, when the spirit of God was poured out, the Jews all come to Jerusalem. They're all there for the feast. All of the dialects, all of the everything. And they see this commotion and say, you guys are drunk. And Peter says, they're not drunk like you suppose. He didn't say they weren't drunk. He said, they're not drunk like you suppose. It's too early in the day. And, and the Bible says that they heard them as if they were speaking in their own languages. Doesn't say they were, but they heard them as if they were. And King James says that they said, what meaneth this? What meaneth this? They, they had no clue what was going on. Mm -hmm. And Peter stands up and he says, this is that. Mm -hmm. And he explains, this is what Joel prophesied. This is what Joel said was coming. He's speaking to Jews and he's mm -hmm. quoting from a Jewish prophet. This is a fulfillment of Joel's prophetic word. And it's interesting that that prophetic word was about doing away mm -hmm. with the separation of genders mm -hmm. because that word dealt with your young men and your young women upon your male servants and your female servants i'm pouring forth my spirit upon all flesh and they can all prophesy and so he's explaining that this is that here we are in our day and we have the millennials and the gen x's and the gen y's and the gen whatever's and there's a generation that doesn't know what we know. Right. There's a generation that hasn't lived through what we've lived through. They've not seen the power of God. They've not seen a move of the spirit of God. And they're saying, what meaneth this? They come into a meeting and the spirit of God begins to move. Suppose travail falls in the middle of one. Well, of it fell in our last KIU event, remember? Do I remember? I was doubled over like I was I in the front row. We decided not to release that video. I can't imagine why. <laughs> and you just walk over to me and you stick the mic in my hand and I'm like, I'm We were all so doubled over because we didn't know what was coming. Do you remember? We were like, what is this prayer assignment about? And then we prayed. And then a week later, COVID. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry for interrupting. No, it's it's all good. And and you know, I doubled over, and you know that travail hit me. It happened not long ago in in one of our Sunday morning services, and I was preach. I I was scheduled to preach, and I had a word to preach, and God threw it out the window about halfway through worship. And Pastor Shay looked at me, and she said, "Something just happened, didn't it?" And I said, yeah, what I was going to say, God just took it and threw it out that window right there. She says, well, we got to go with what God said. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having a very heavy word and we went into intercession right. and it hit me. And so she turned the Facebook live off just as I was about to go into travail because she said Facebook ain't ready for that. Yeah, no. Like you didn't release that video because... Right. Oh, no. who's ready for a crazy bearded apostle with snakeskin boots? Double. Well, we, you know, we all entered in. You know, it wasn't just. <laughs> it wasn't just you know one or two people. We all entered in, and we were all led by the Spirit, and we all didn't know what are we praying about, and you know we didn't know what we were entering into and what was coming. But the Holy Spirit knows. 
and he knows the needs and he knows how to get the job done. So I don't know how God's going to do it, but I believe that he is rising in us as baby boomers and I'm stuck here and we've really got to take our place. And some of you that are listening, you know, this isn't a season for you to stay in bed and to, you know, just put your hair up in a ponytail or the guy's not shaved. This is a season for you to put on the full armor of God and stand against the wiles of the devil and begin to take your place in the body of Christ. Like the, these young people are depending on us. And this shaking is causing many of us to come out of our slumber and our sleep and say, wow, we got to take our place. I just, I have a book I'm going to release next year called Contend, Stewarding the Hearts and Destiny of Our Children Through Prayer. And in the book, I do talk about travail. I do talk about it. I said, I'm writing about it. I don't care. We have to give birth to our kids' destinies. And we've got to take our place, not in, just in prayer, but in preaching the word to them, the pure word of God, which is another one of my points. I believe the shaking is producing a fresh commitment to teach to Bible teaching and doctrine. Doctrine. Listen, my friends, we have to have faith in the word of God. The word of God and teaching from the Bible is not boring. The word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces and divides asunder soul and spirit. It is like a hammer and it breaks in pieces the hard places. And we need a fresh commitment to teaching the word of God, especially the simplicity of the word of God. Now, we, the baby boomers, we think the simplicity is the authority of the believer, who we are in Christ. Why tongues? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't think we should be ashamed of that teaching and that that, that those particular foundations. Sometimes I'm like, you know, God, isn't there anything quote unquote, revelatory and new. And, and the Lord's like, no, this isn't about you. And this isn't about, you know, uh, entertainment. We have got to train and equip the next generation and preach the word. The instant in season, out of season, teach them when they're at here at our dining room table, teach them when, you know, those of you that have family chats, you know, we have a family chat. And so all this chaos that's going on, we, the baby boomers, should be the voice of reason. So when they're shaking, we're the ones saying, well, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. And you may think that your child is not listening to you, but have you ever noticed that you, you, you'll plant the seed of the word of God into their hearts? And, and, and after a while, they start speaking out the same things that you just put in their hearts. I, I don't know why I'm getting this. There's somebody listening. Don't be afraid of their faces. Don't be afraid to take a bold stand for God with these children. They are being shaken to the core. But it's up to us to get back to the Bible, back to Scripture, back to teaching them the Word of God. Back. And because that's the foundation that they're going to need to live when you and I go on to be with the Lord into eternity. You know, the Bible says... Um, that whoever hears the sayings of mine and does them, I'll liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Or hey, a rock, not sinking sand. And when the house is built on the rock, the winds come and the storms come, beat against the house, the house doesn't fall. Why? Because it was built on the word of God. Because that's what Jesus was talking about in context. Building your house on the word of God. And that's what I believe we need to do in these times and in these seasons as leaders. We need, to, we need to teach the biblical principles of the word of God, even if for us, it seems like, wow, that's really simple. But it's the simplicity of the gospel, Michael. It's the simplicity of the gospel. I personally think that that's what happened and what led us up to the place we are because everybody had to have some huge revelation. You know, Everybody was trying to impress one another with some huge revelation. Well, you know what? The greatest revelation we can get is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that if anybody would believe in them, they would not perish, but have everlasting life. You can't get any more simple than that, but that's the very thing a person needs to get into heaven. So I think that this is what I learned even in this seminar. We need to start thinking differently. We need to change our mindsets, especially those of us that are older, the baby boomers. We need to start thinking differently and change our mindsets. 
you know, we've heard that God is doing a new thing. Yes, he is. But we have got to be open and receptive to what he wants us to do. And what I liked about, I was just talking to Michael. Uh, we had a leadership meeting on Monday night with Apostle Frank. I wasn't on, but I went back and listened to it um, later. And one of the things he was talking about, and everyone was talking about, is house meetings. You know, getting back to house meetings, getting back to discipling people, getting back to ministering to people one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, we're being shaken. Yeah, COVID's causing us to, to, to not be able to gather as much. But you know what? We could still gather in our homes with now, I think it's up to 10 people. <laughs> so, so I think as baby boomers, we've got to get out of our box. You know, like, like even Apostle Frank and what you've been saying, it's not church as usual. I think the shaking is shaking us into the new that we've been prophesying. Oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> It may be new to us, but it's not new to God. Mm -hmm. And it's not new to the New Testament. You're really talking about getting back to New Testament patterns. When you read Acts chapter yes. 2, Acts chapter 2, when you get to the end of the chapter, it's very plain that they met from house to house. house, to house. It was, they continued in the apostles' doctrine which means that apostles set doctrine and then others walk in what the apostles set and agree upon. And so there's a set teaching where there's unity amongst the apostolic voices that this is solid sound doctrine and we need solid sound doctrine. In fact, the writer to the Hebrews talked about that I shouldn't even have to tell you this stuff again, but I do because you're still babies and you can't handle the truth. And so I shouldn't be relaying this foundation, but I have to. I mean, we have to go back to those things. We do mm -hmm. need that. So the apostles set the sound doctrine. Mm -hmm. There's unity amongst the leaders, whether they're apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. They're all teaching. They're all equipping. And we can do it from house to house. Yep. We continue in those basic yep. teachings. We continue in prayer. Yep. Prayer, you gotta you gotta stay in prayer. Yep. We need corporate united prayer. Yep. They they continued in breaking of bread and a fellowship. Now right. we used to do our breaking of bread at the buffet or in the diner, and yeah. we didn't really have fellowship fellowship because we weren't doing life. And you know, the, the old testament patriarchs they practiced when you walk on the way. Speak these things to your children and to your children's children. Mm -hmm. We don't do that today. And we don't do it in the kingdom. We go to the buffet and we eat and we talk about the Giants or the Knicks or the Rangers mm -hmm. or the Jets or, you know, and if you're in another part of the country, you have different local sports teams. Mm -hmm. And you talked about that stuff at the buffet, but you didn't talk about being a a um, baby boomer leader pouring into a Gen Xer kingdom mm -hmm. principles mm -hmm. while you were breaking bread. Right. And it's time we start doing life right. with people <clears throat> and putting them under disciplined instruction because right. it's new to it's foreign to us, mm -hmm. but it's not new to God and it's not new mm -hmm. to the New Testament. But you know what I was thinking when you said that we came up under a, under a time in a season where there were superstar fivefold ministry gifts, and every people's goals was to be in a pulpit. Their goals was to minister to thousands and thousands of people, and you know that's not what New Testament is at all about. Now, yes, God has set in the church, and there are people that reach you know the, the thousands and whatever. We're not despising that. But I think that the new mindset and the new wineskin, like you said, and like Apostle Frank said, has something to do with the house to house, the discipling, the one on one, the sitting at the table, the house to house, the family chats when they're panicking and when they're upset and when they're saying, I want to throw up, when they're saying they're scared, we stabilize them with the scripture. And it's not our words, it's the words of the living God. And we stabilize them and train them just one-on-one -on -one like that. Absolutely. Um, 
Absolutely. And I got news for you. I'm not quitting. I am not stopping. I, and I, I would encourage those of you that are listening, be everything that God has called you to be. We are all members of the body. Every one of you has a part. Every one of you has a voice. It's time for you to, to find your voice and then arise and shine and be what God has called you to be. I got to tell you, you may have somebody come to your house and you'll have a word in season because they're weary. I've had it happen over and over and over and over and over. Not putting God in a box. We used to preach and Sandy Brown used to preach believers ministry. How many of you remember that? Only the baby boomers would remember Sandy Brown and her preaching the believers ministry, going into the streets, going into the highways and the byways, preaching the gospel and signs and wonders, miracles following them. It is a believer's ministry. We all are called to the believer's ministry. And I think we have to change our mindset and change our thinking. And I think that that's what's happened in 2020, that we're looking at things differently and we're praying, we're asking, finally asking God for wisdom. How do we move in this new season? Let me ask you this. You, you said in your title of, of what we were going to talk about, about, you know, obviously the shaking and, and we're in it. But you made a really interesting statement. You said the unshakable bride of Christ. Right. And we're talking about being rooted and grounded. We're talking about prayer. We're talking about proper foundations. Is it those things that cause us to be the unshakable bride of Christ? Or are there other things in addition to those that, and I know I'm asking you a loaded question, that you want to kind of tee off on that are required to make us be that unshakable when everything else is shaken? Well, that's why I think the principles of faith, studying the word of God, not just a 15-minute devotional. Like Brother Hagen said, we feed our bodies three full meals a day and we have one cold snack a week. It's really having a fresh commitment. If we're going to be the unshakable bride of Christ, which thank you very much brings me to my next point. We have to be fully committed to the scriptures, putting the word of God intentionally in our hearts because we're living in perilous times, but we need a fresh commitment of, of just being separated to the things of God, just a radical commitment. If we're going to stand in the times and the seasons that we are in, we can't be on the fence, okay? We got to either be in or out. God said, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. And it takes a radical commitment and separation to the things of God, which will require a greater consecration to the will and purposes of God. Now, here's the scriptures that God gave me. Matthew 10, 37. It says, whoever loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or their daughter more than me is not worthy of me. When you radically separate yourself to the things of God, let me just say this. Some of your friends and your relatives may separate from you. Okay? So if we're going to be the unshakable bride, we have to say yes to the Lord, be dedicated to the Lord, dedicated to his will individually and collectively and as a church. We need to say yes to the Lord. Keep saying yes every single day because the apostle Paul said, I die daily, giving up the toys of the senses and picking up our cross and following Jesus every single day. If we're going to be the unshakable bride of Christ, he is requiring of us, I know he is me, a, a, a greater level of consecration and dedication to his will. But what I've learned in my walk with God, and I don't know if any of you, you can make a comment, give us your comment. You know, I there have been some people, they have separated from me, and other people, I've had to separate from them. I mean, it actually, you know, sometimes it happens gradually and sometimes it happens radically. But you know what? It's like, it's like um, T.D. Jake says, he says, you know, when they leave you, he says, he said, he said, I have the gift of goodbye, you know, and the scripture says, I'll give you a scripture. It says, 1 John 2, 19, they went out from us, 
because they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they have would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. So if we're going to be the unshakable bride of Christ, we've got to embrace the new people that God is sending into our lives. We've got to embrace the teams as leaders that God is bringing to us. Because men are going to come to our light and kings to the brightness of our rising because God is placing some of you in a new place and in a new season. But you got to let go of the old. Otherwise, you are going to remain where you are and you are not going. You're going to sink. And God's wanting you to arise and go to that new place. Something that, something that, um, uh, something that Jeremiah Johnson said last week, and he says, he says, some of you have been rejected right into the will of God. <laughs> some of you have been rejected right into the will of God. Don't lose heart. They're not, they're not with you in this new season. To everything, there's a time and a purpose under heaven. This shaking is shaking relationships. I had a word of prophecy. I don't know what year it was. It was several years ago, maybe like four or five years ago. And God said, I'm shaking things up. I'm shaking relationships up. I'm shaking people off of you that's caused you harm. And I'm bringing people into your life that are going to call labor together with you. So embrace the shaking. Embrace the new. Embrace the new friendship. Let me just say this. If you got a grieving in your spirit and about a certain relationship and a certain person, you need to listen to that. God is, is trying to protect you or God's saying, out with the old and in with the new. I'm bringing some new people into your life. And some of you melancholies, you know, you're a little suspicious. I mean, I'm, I'm melancholy, double melancholy, sanguine infection. I mean, I, I am like very like, you know, I really got to make sure is this the person God is sending into my life? Because, you know, we don't want to waste any time. We have a job to do for the kingdom of God. We want to move into 2021 which is one of the things that the Lord said. He said, it's time to move forward into 2001. We've been like in a state of standstill, but there's going to come an arising. There's going to come movement. We're going to move into 2021 with clean hands, a pure heart, and with a powerful anointing like many of us have never walked in before. So the shaking is producing the glory of God. That's another thing. It's not in my notes. Shaking is producing the glory of God. I don't know who said it. Somebody said it. I actually posted it. It's coming up in my spirit. This shaking is producing the glory of God. But if we're the bride of Christ and we're consecrated to him, we're not going to be moved because we know who our God is. We know he's the lover of our soul. We have a revelation of the love of God. We know that he'll never leave us and will never forsake us. We know that he said in his word, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Your heavenly father knows you have need of all these things. Just continue to seek first the kingdom. Continue to put me first. Continue to look into my eyes as, as my bride. Continue to look unto me, the author and the finisher of your faith. Continue to know that I'll never leave you. I'll never divorce you. I'll never forsake you. I am with you always. Continue to stay bonded with me. Continue in that communication with me. I am your husband. I'm going to lead you into paths of righteousness, not for your sake, but for my sake, because I want to work a work in your days. And if it were told you, it will be like a dream. So I am confident that God is going to bring us into 2021. And all of what we've been through is going to be for the benefit of our good. And what we've always said, Michael, and that is to build the kingdom of God. That is our mandate. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're one of those radical people mm -hmm. that believe that when the disciples went to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Mm -hmm. And he said to pray, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Mm -hmm. That you actually believe it's thy kingdom, not my kingdom. You're one of those crazy <laughs> preachers. That Absolutely. <laughs> but that's why I believe like, all of us, especially leaders, but all of us, because we're all leaders, like we said, we need to die to self. You know, I was preaching in my home church, Crossroads Worship Center, and I couldn't believe what came out of my mouth. And, you know, when you're under the anointing and something comes up out of your mouth and it's anointed, it means that God is in it, God is saying it, and he's bringing it out. And I was very surprised 
because I was preaching and what came up out of my mouth was how I used to preach uh, 30 years ago. I used to preach the dealings of God. I used to preach dying to self. I used to go places in the season of that time and we used to have funerals, literal funerals, not literal, but we would have funerals and I would lead the people in a, in a, a, a visual, so to speak. And I would say, put yourself in the casket, close the casket and all the people that are mourning for you are all your friends who didn't want you to die. But God is saying, I want you to die to self. Let's have a funeral today and let go of the weights, let go of the sin, let go of our own selfish ambition and pride. Let's pick up our cross and let's follow him because it's no longer I who lives or you that lives, it's Christ living in us. And that's the fruit that people need to see. They don't need to see somebody in skin. I mean, listen, I wear skinny jeans, but that's not the point. They don't need to see somebody in skinny jeans you know, a celebrity preacher who somebody's wanting to be a celebrity preacher. I'm not saying that I know the motives of people's hearts. I just dress the way I want to dress for me. But what I'm saying is if that's what people are looking at and they don't see Jesus, Michael, we have a problem. They, you know, you know, Lord, we would be see Jesus. People need to see Jesus. I don't know who it was that I heard pray like this. I don't, I don't know who it was. It'll come to me maybe in a minute. But he would pray, this person would pray, Lord, oh, it was, um, it was, it was, um, oh, who was the guy? Oh, it was his son. I'll, I'll, it'll come to Leonard Ravenhill's son, okay? Leonard Ravenhill would pray, Lord, hide me behind the cross. Hide me behind the cross so that people don't see me. They see Jesus. So I don't know how we got into that, but yeah. <laughs> when you were holding funeral services. In church, oh yeah. The I don't know what my point was, but that's radical preaching. And I think that, you know, when I was started to say that and it was coming up out of my spirit, I said, Lord, you're reviving us. You're reviving us. You're reviving that message. And that means you are about to do something new in the church where it's not going to be a feel good gospel all the time. It's going to be at times die to yourself. Pick up your cross, follow him. Radical obedience. The shakings is producing a fresh commitment and radical obedience. And if we're going to be the true bride of Christ without spot or wrinkle, we have got to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. The one thing for, for Jesus to be savior, right? And, you know, and it's another thing. We bow our knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we go to him and we say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done in my life. I give my life to you. I give my all to you. I give my money to you. I give my everything to you. That's radically following Jesus. And if we're walking in that posture of commitment, uh, an unshakable faith in our Savior, we are not going to be shaken. Guaranteed. Let me just say this. None of us are perfect, right? There's none righteous, no, not one. I got some very bad news on January 27th of 2020. Well, what happened? I'm not going to tell you. That's for another time. But it was very, very bad, devastating, horrific news. And so what happened to me was I was shaken. I was shaken to the degree that I was having panic attacks. I didn't sleep for two, three weeks. I, my trust was not in the living God. My trust was in, in this, uh, I guess, in myself. And, you know, these shakings reveal who you really are. But I made a decision, Lord, I'm going to get back. I'm going to trust you with all of my heart. I'm not going to lean onto my own understanding. I know that this is my highest and my best because you always promised that your highest, your best, you would always bring me into your highest and best. And I know that as I follow you and as I stay committed to you, no weapon formed against me will prosper. You're going to make a way where there is no way. And I came up out of that shaking. Someone said to me last night, you are stronger than you've ever been before. Well, yeah, hard times either make you bitter or better. And I made a decision. I'm going all the way with God. There is something in me. And I know those of you that are listening, something in you, you could feel it on the inside of you, stirring up 
There are, we are going to go all the way with Jesus and we are not turning back. And not everybody's going to go with you. So if they don't come, let them go. Let them go. Turn around and say, Hasta uh, luego, baby. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. I'm going all the way with God. You know what it is, Michael? As the bride of Christ, we have got to remember that we are living in the light of eternity. And so, again, it's no longer I who lives. It's Christ living. And we've got to focus our attention in the light of eternity. And if we live every day in the light of eternity, we will definitely live differently. And that's what God's calling us to be as his bride. You said a couple of really key things that I want to kind of revisit just real quickly. You talked about a season of the past and a season of, of next in mm -hmm. what you were saying. And you were talking about some people won't go with you and some people can't go with you. That some won't go where you go because they're not willing to pay the price that you're willing to pay. Yeah. And, and it's the alignment that you're in. I remember there was a time in my life where there was somebody that I was very, very close to. Mm -hmm. And the relationship, I mean, radically severed. Radically severed. Yeah, it hurts. And it, and it knocked me for a loop. It, really, it hurts. It, it hurts. It hurts. It really does. And I remember my father came to me and he said, he just looked at me. He said, son, can I tell you something? And I said, yeah, dad. And he said, you didn't break it. He didn't break it. God broke it. Right. Right. Because right. he's not going where you're going. Right. 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 And, that's and God, God is more interested. It's not you. It's not them. It's God. God does. Right. right. And God is more interested in the light of eternity. And seeing more sons and daughters come to glory and God's agenda is not our agenda. Just different. Yeah. yeah. You, you, boy, you just opened a can of worms right there. Seeing sons and daughters come to glory. <sighs> Cause that's, that's really what this thing is about. It's really about the next generation. It's really, a, you know, at one point Jesus was referred to, as the only begotten son of God. Mm -hmm. But after the resurrection, he was referred to as the firstborn among many brethren. Mm -hmm. His title changed. <laughs> and now it's not about him being the son of God. It's about bringing many sons to God. God so believed in seed time and harvest that he sowed the seed of a son that he might reap a harvest of sons. Wow, that's so good. And he that was the only begotten son became the firstborn of many brethren right. that we might bring many sons to glory. Right. And, and that's an interesting word because that word mm -hmm. son in the Greek is the word weos. Mm -hmm. It's the same word that's in Romans chapter eight, where it mm -hmm. says that as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Mm -hmm. It's the same Greek word, weos. And what that means is a mature son, not an immature son. Mm -hmm. And so God's looking for mature sons mm -hmm. to be brought to glory. And the only way that's going to happen is if you and I rise up and those of our generation rise up and take their place and start speaking into their mm -hmm. life, telling them what we've learned, telling mm -hmm. them what we know. Say, listen, I've been down this road. I've banged my head against the wall. Don't bang your head against the wall. You can learn from my mistakes. Experience is a good teacher, but yeah. it's a painful teacher. 
wisdom is a much better teacher. And if you can learn from the wisdom of my error and my mistake, you are much better off. There, there's something that God did to me. And you remember, because we've been in relationship for a while, but it happened uh, probably a year or so before my apostolic commissioning in 2016, which you were there and were a part of. And it, it that, you know, my dad, I've watched him my whole life. And he's been a father. He's been a spiritual father and he's poured into people over and over and over again. And you, you've known me for a while. I've always been the screaming preacher and the line them up and the mow them down. And God <laughs> said to me about a year before my commissioning, it's time for you to do for others mm -hmm. what Leo did for you. Yeah, it's time for you to take your place in a greater measure. You know, that, that wasn't what drove me. Right. But it is now. And right. I've heard you say, Michael, we've got to pour into others what Dad Hagen poured into. The same thing that drives me drives you. And it's happening all across the body of Christ. There are mothers and fathers in the faith of our generation. And, you know, it's a multi-generational thing with God. It always has been. It's yes. the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, you know, there's the Abraham generation. That's my father. He's the Abraham generation. That's the Dad Hagen. That's the Oral Roberts. That's the Lester Sumrall. They're, they're the Abrahams. We're the Isaacs. Mm -hmm. We're that middle generation. Mm -hmm. And then there's the Jacobs, the next generation. And we're the one in the middle that learned how to walk in sonship to our fathers. Right. But are learning how to be fathers to the next generation right. at the same time. Right. And and if we will take our place mm -hmm. and do what God's called us to do, mm -hmm. what he's anointed us to do. And this is not just something that God's put on me. It's not just something that he's put on Margie. Mm -hmm. This call is going out in the body of Christ yep. all wide across yep. the body. And it's the call for our generation, the middle generation. It's the Isaac and Timothy generation. Paul put it this way, Timothy, my son, entrust these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul imparted it to Timothy and Timothy to others that they could go to faithful men. We right. are the Isaac and Timothy generation. Right. Listen to me, you baby boomers. Listen to me. There's a call in the spirit yeah. for you to rise up. It's not just for prophetess Margie. It's not just for me. There is a call for us to rise up and take our place and yeah. to pour into another generation yeah. because it's about bringing many sons to glory. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't die in vain. He didn't go to hell in vain. He wasn't resurrected in vain. He didn't ascend in vain. He's not seated at the right hand of the Father mm -hmm. in vain. God believes in his investment, mm -hmm. and he's expecting a big harvest, and mm -hmm. our job is to help bring it in that he might have relationship with humanity that was severed in the garden, and he's yeah. not looking for babies. He's looking for mature sons, and right. we are the ones that will bring them to that place. Sorry, I went off. Oh, I, I, it just brings me to my next point. Okay. Which is, I love how these interviews go because the Holy Spirit leads, guides, and directs. The shaking is producing a radical remnant. And what I love about the birth of the church age is Jesus said that he told them in Acts 1-4, tarry here in Jerusalem till you be and do with power from on high. There's something very exciting that's going to happen. And there was 500 people in the upper room. I don't have the exact scripture reference, but I know there was 500 people in the upper room. And on the day of Pentecost, when the, the moment came at the birth of the church age, you know, people, they just, they weren't patient, you know, which is the shakings has actually produced a radical patience in a lot of us. But some of these people we're not patient. And they left the upper room. And the upper room was only left with 120 people who were just radical to follow God fully. Because if God said it, that settled it. And they waited and they waited patiently on the Lord. 
And then what happened is you all know the Holy Spirit came, the rushing mighty wind came. And what the Lord said to me is, he said, so many of them miss their appointment. And I was like, Lord, I would want to be, and I think I personally would be one of the 120 in the upper room. And I know members of my team, we're just radical for Jesus. I don't want to miss my appointment. And so whatever we got to do, we got to do. I want to be a part of the radical remnant that God is raising up in the earth. And that's why we need to be dedicated, consecrated, separated from the world. And when you were speaking, and I'll say this really quick, I just kept hearing in my spirit, love not the world, neither yet the things that are in the world. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, it is not of God. And you know what? You can't love God and mammon. You've got to love one or the other. And we've got to focus in on what is the most, where is your heart? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And God wants us to be that radical remnant that will love him more than life itself, love him more than they love the things of this world. So he is raising up a radical remnant. And and um, these radical believers are end time messengers who have said yes to God and no to the comfort zone and regular Christianity. Jeremiah Johnson said last week, he said, there is a remnant. And I loved this. And I posted this on my wall. There is a remnant that is swimming upstream and not swimming in the mainstream. And I just saw myself. (laughs) Upstream, upstream, upstream. Is it hard? Yes, it's hard. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. What does it mean? It means you got to just keep moving, keep going, no matter what the obstacles, what comes your way. You've got to keep running your race that is set before you. You've just got to keep moving. So I'm going to repeat that. There is a remnant that is swimming upstream and not swimming in the mainstream. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know what I want you to do tonight, sis? I want you to pray over the folks that are watching. I believe God's got something in your heart that you need to release and pray over those that are watching and will watch. You know what is what I sense is, you know, spiritual things are transferable. They're transferable through laying on of hands, through association, through who you sit under. And I think what I'm learning more and more about the Holy Spirit and how he operates, when you hear somebody's words, their words come up in their spirit and life, and they go into the hearts of people, and something of the spirit of what that person carries can be imparted unto you. And I believe that there's just an impartation, and I hear the Lord say that there's an awakening taking place. So, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for those that are listening those that are listening under the sound of my voice. Father, I pray that they would say yes to everything that you are asking them to do and calling them to be. I pray that they won't turn to the left. I pray they won't turn to the right. But I pray that they would be like Joshua, that they would be strong and very courageous. I speak strength to them. I thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that they would run their race with endurance. Lord, I just thank you for your spirit. May it come upon them and may you anoint them tonight with fresh oil. How can these things be? The Holy Ghost will come upon them and the power of the Most High will overshadow them. While we had spoke the word tonight, Acts 10, 44, I thank you that your spirit fell on many of those that heard the word. And Father Michael and I also believe, and we've already begun to see it, that signs and wonders are following the teaching and the ministry of your word, even on these Zoom meetings and on the internet all across this world. So Father, we just thank you and we praise you. And Lord, we say yes to you. Just right where you are, just say say yes to God. Yes, just say yes. Say, Lord, not my will but your will be done in my life. Mm. I surrender all. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just say yes. No turning back. We are not of them that draw back. We are going to continue to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. We're going to live in the light of eternity. He that has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And he never said, my friends, it is going to be easy. You just got to just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And I just sense the love of God. He loves you. He just loves you. Those of you that have said yes to him and it's been so hard, the Lord just says, I am well pleased with you. Well done, the good and faithful servants, sons and daughters of mine. Wait till you get into heaven and you see me. I'll put back the curtain and I'll say, these are all the things you did for my kingdom. Some of you have done little things and you've not known that they were big things in the eyes of God. If you've done it to the least of them, Jesus said, you've done it unto me. Keep running the race. Stay faithful. Stay with people that are like-minded. I love this and I believe this. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.